Welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE 20 years later. I'm your host, Aaron Benoit, joined as always by our wrestling historian, Bobby Hankinson. Hello! And experiencing this all for the first time is Eric Silver. Happy to be on the podcast where I'm experiencing this all for the first time. (laughs) That's it. It's hard for me to come up with these now. (laughs) This is the thing that you decided this is going to be your bit, and now you're just like, listen, look, uh, it's uh, there could be a time where I get reinvented and I come up with it like the bit comes back, you know, it's like <laughs> Rudy is- Pooh, candy ass, shine it up. There is a bunch of, I feel like we, we made a bunch of world rules, and at one point I was like, wait, what? But I was like, what? I didn't realize, there was like a time where I was like, oh, we, I didn't realize we had like things we were doing. I didn't realize we had, as Undertaker would say, comedy sticks that we use every time. Because <laughs> I thought that, Eric, you only did your uh, length of a trip to Philadelphia from New York City on the main episodes, and on the on these, we only did the want to, and then on the other ones, we do slammies, but we don't do the want to's, and it's a lot of rules to remember. <laughs> Uh, I think it. I think it keep, it's a little bit of number wang. The the <laughs> rules change whenever we want them to. All right. So we are. Uh, if you listened last week, we started off talking about the Rock and Sock connection, the teaming up of mankind and the Rock. We got up to the Unforgiven pay per view, which is available now. If you want to go back to our take on that. Um, but I would see the uh, the New York Post headline from Unforgiven would probably be Rocco in the Socko. As during the match, Mankind turned on The Rock in order to try to win the WWF Championship for himself. Which leads us to September 27th, 1999. And we see Mankind arriving with balloons, gifts, and someone under a blanket, which makes me very, very nervous after what happened with Billy Gunn at SummerSlam. Mankind is parading this uh, throughout the arena, and we hear when Rock gets a look at you, he's going to go nuts. And then... No, he's going to go nut. He's going to go... Oh. And then he no. also says he's going to go banana. Does he? Yeah, he, he does singular, and I don't know why. I caught That's banana. He says he's going to go banana. Nut. Yeah, he says it. He says banana first, and then he says nut. That's such a weird thing. All right. Yeah, I don't get it, but I like the choice. Also weird is Stevie Richards wants to be Dove Love. And Yeah, I don't get that. Okay. But it's interesting kind of like the like the levels of Mick Foley's competence depending on who he's talking to here. Um Stevie wants to be Dude Love because he's a chick magnet and then at the end he whispers chicks hated Dude Love. It was all part of the gimmick. Which makes me wonder a lot, what does that say about WWF logic? So Mankind comes down to the ring, calls out The Rock. Rock comes out looking like a million bucks, as always. Uh, Rock does his thing on his own. And then Mankind announces, Rock, this is your life. And there's confetti, and there's balloons. And selling that mankind paid for all of this to happen was a really good note from the commentary team. Yeah, I mean, I really at this point, and the, I think I think I'm gonna. There's a lot of levels to this. Um, to this, uh, what do you call, what do we call it? A promo segment? 
I guess segment I'd us. say. So there, there's a lot of levels to this segment. At this point, I'm really into it. Uh, I I think like first of all, I love the justification for the apology. I love the, all the balloons. I like that everybody in the crowd is such a fucking idiot that they're just like, we're just going to pop balloons now instead of watching wrestling, and, uh, which and, we paid for. But also Mick, being great on his feet, mentions while all these people pop their balloons. Yeah. This, um, obviously, as Aaron alluded to earlier, this is the highest rated non-wrestling segment in Raw history. Um, but it has not looked back upon fondly. Um, it, really? Yes, really. Uh, there are people who. Well, are I mean, like, I guess there's reasons. <laughs> Go on. Sorry. It, it is. It went 14 minutes longer than scheduled on live TV. <laughs> so they were super. People were pissed because it was like very indulgent of the performers uh-huh. uh, of the Rocket Mankind is like having fun, but they literally stayed out there for 14 extra, extra minutes on top of the segment. Um, so when you hear Bruce Pritchard talk about it, he does not look back on this kindly. And a lot of people thought it was bad. It was a bad segment. We'll go, we'll, we'll parse over the details a bit more, but I think that people, you know, it, you like this kind of thing or you don't. And there was mm-hmm. lots of, there were things here to like, but there was a lot of things here not to like too. Mm-hmm. Well, I had questions right from the very start where, um, we hear a boy saying, Dwayne, would you like to answer that important question? And then it's revealed that it is uh, The Rock's sixth grade home ec teacher, Mrs. Betty Griffith. So first my question is, what was the important home ec question that she wanted him to answer? And second, the Chiron reads English teacher, Mrs. Schubert. So what the hell happened to her? I think that was the question, right? The question (laughs) is, why do they say I'm an English teacher with a different name? And so the woman playing Mrs. Betty Griffith is just straight from central casting, doing a whole lot of, like, pursing her lips as her way of acting. Um, but I really, I love The Rock's pancake story. Yes. And I feel like that's, like, the commode story from uh, Reservoir Dogs. It's the story that he remembers in order to uh, to get himself over with any criminal element that he's around. So what does what is the deal with pancakes? Because like I feel like he's been bringing up pancakes a lot. Is this like a callback to something? He's been asking people if they like pancakes and then telling them to pancake their ass out of there. Uh, okay, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Why did I even ask? <laughs> but I like 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 I think it starts out really funny, um, the all out of Aunt Jemima, and then saying. Your Aunt Jemima no pancake have an ass at the end. I thought it was good. Yeah, so far, so okay. This was not the strongest start to the segment, but I did mm-hmm. like the I did like the back and forth here. Okay. Uh I don't know. What'd you guys think about then his uh his football coach coming out? Uh I don't know, just kinda like felt a little weak. I don't know. But here's the thing. I, I, I feel like the they're trying to the thing that they're trying to get across is that like mankind can't get anything right. But I think like if I'm arguing the like I don't know, the 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 sub the world we're living in, I think he got it perfectly right. This is exactly what The Rock enjoys. 
like oh. bringing everybody so that the rock can tell them off this is a the best gift you could have given him man have they ended the segment with on that note then i think it would be a beloved looked upon as one of the best truly that mm-hmm. that would have been a, that would have been a great way to end this mm-hmm. yeah this is true this is like skeletor's idea of christmas <laughs> like you you give them presents and they explode and like and everyone loves it and then finally uh we hear I want to rub my fingers through your hair one more time. And Joanne Imbriani, the Rock's high school girlfriend, comes out. And this is when we get our first slice of a catchphrase that is not going anywhere. So strap in. Poontang pie. Uh, It's at this point that I'd like to interject. Um, As you know, uh, my side project that doesn't have any podcast involved at all is that I'm watching every episode of the Dick Van Dyke show. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> around the time that that this was that I was watching this homework, uh I watched uh I guess maybe a, a famous episode of Dick Van Dyke where um there's a a painting that's done of of um uh Laura Petrie, uh, Mary Tyler Moore, and the idea is that it's a nude painting of her. And it you know, the joke is like she sat for a painting. The painter, the artist painted her nude. She didn't know that he was painting her nude because she was wearing clothes. And in the entire episode, they do not say the word nude. They do not say the word naked. They don't even say put clothes on. Like, all they do is just kind of like wink and, and like dance around it. And to go from that to The Rock just saying poontang pie is... Uh, it, it's an incredible leap in the culture. I have like for those both of those things to have been on TV, and famously, uh, though Rock and Mankind, even though they lived together, they slept in separate beds. He's neat, and I'm a mess. <laughs> hey, can I ask I you mean, something? Yeah, please. What is your guys' <laughs> definition of second base? It's not doesn't start the leg. <laughs> was, I thought he didn't know what that what second base is. Well, no, I'm, I'm uh, interested. What, base... is, what is your what is second base or what are the bases to you guys? Yeah, Bobby, what's second base for you? Okay, first of all, the gays <laughs> don't have bases. We hate sports. Uh, <laughs> that's why we just skip it and go right to the showers. Uh, now, <laughs> no, no. I was gonna say no, Bobby. Bobby, for you, it's like it's like uh, second position or first plie. I think second base Something. means we're still using condoms, but. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> But what I understand about straight second base is that it's uh like uh boob touching. It's like under the shirt stuff, right? Okay. Yeah, it's under the shirt. Uh, that's what I thought as well. But yeah, I- also that's what that's what uh Phil Rizzuto and and Meatloaf think as well. <laughs> well, I don't know. All the what, guys who can't the- hardly wait. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I'm wondering <laughs> what are the teens who uh on Euphoria think second base is these days? Oh my god, the tweets on Euphoria or second base, it's like, oh, that's if you are in a polyamorous triad with uh, two non-binary, <laughs> like, uh, ecstasy dealers. Yeah. Like, that's what it is on Euphoria. <laughs> Which, by the way, I fully support and would love. Uh, and, you looked, and you looked at it as being a prude for, be- for only going that far. Yeah, and also your room is a strobe blade. I don't know, <laughs> kids today. <laughs> uh 
Yeah, I don't know. First of all, you're, of course you're going to get negged if you start at the knee. I don't know. Uh, you know, come on, Rock. What's your deal? Also, all of that's gross. It's all fucking gross, right? Yeah, I hate it. I mean, this is where it really just takes a hard right into, like, this is not fun anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it already was, like, veering off the road. But once this – it's like this really took a hard right. And then, like, mankind sort of responds. Of, like, listen, I didn't know that your girlfriend was a skank. Your girlfriend was a – it's like, wait a minute. Is she – well, I don't understand. Is she the Madonna and the whore? Like, she's both? Like, it doesn't make any sense, but she's both approved for not putting out, but and also a skank? It's like, man, she just can't win. It's uh, almost yeah, as know, if women are held yeah. to unfair standards. <laughs> <laughs> so then I guess it's lucky that we get to the gift-giving segment of This Is Your Life, where they get matching jackets, and Mr. Rocco, which is very funny, the the airbrush yes. sock with the rock's face on it. Okay, and then we get to the final, the big reveal, which I, I have to say, I don't know if this is a, a good heightening move or what. I think it's a fun callback. So it's Yurple, yeah. it's Yurple the Clown, who previously we saw when Mankind visited uh, Vince McMahon at his hospital bed before he got attacked by Stone Cold Steve Austin. It took me a little bit longer than I want to admit to trip to figure out IYQ on the sticker. Come on. I'd never heard it wow. before. Aaron, you're an educator. I expect better from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the point I'd say where you kind of want somebody to edit the scene. Like mm-hmm. this is, this is like, I, I felt I, I got flashbacks to, you know, being downstairs at the uh the oh my god what the fuck was that that fire trap called um UCB where they used to do Chelsea something no no the something crown the 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 crown triple crown triple crown triple crown triple crown right being downstairs at the triple crown and like it's like it's the you know the last the last team that's up and you're just like oh guys this isn't even funny stop just stop just just take your bows say thank you and just get the fuck off so we can all drink i think we do need that moment though where the the rock is shitting on it and mankind at least like sticks up for himself it's like hey i I went to a, a lot of trouble for this yeah yeah he plays it you know he he it's like the tonal shift where it's like oh you know I now I'm upset with you and I get it, but also it started feeling to me like the the pepper saga where it's just like, why don't, well, why don't you just give me back my dog? And it's like, no. Uh. The thing is, they hit this the problem again. We already said that the scene is too long. Like it, it literally is too long by any observable means, by even as long as it was supposed to be. It is too long. But I think to your point, like they hit the same beat three times in a row. It was the exact same thing. And if, say, I were writing this, uh, if you were going to do the same three beats, you don't have to play them out the whole time. The home act teacher goes on for a long time, and that's funny because that's the reveal. So he, he, I can see why you like you drag out that actually this person screwed you and you have a vendetta. Now the next person comes out, and you should get to the vendetta faster. By the time the ex-girlfriend walks out, she shouldn't make it down the ramp. Like, it already should be like, no, turn around! Like, that would like pick up the whole pace of this entire bit but instead we get the same drawn out response because the rock is indulging in the rock's charisma which i know how could you blame them but it doesn't have the same impact once the 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 game has been given up in the first beat 
Yes, it's it's just like okay, when is he again? This is the this is what the Rock does. It's not it it's not surprising. It's when is he gonna get to this thing that I know he's gonna get to? I know he's gonna get there. When is he gonna get there? Uh, it works when when he's doing the same lines over and over, like when he's talking about candy asses and Rudy poos and and the millions and millions, you know, like all of that stuff. Uh, it it works because everybody wants to be a part of it. It doesn't work here because nobody fucking, you know, knows what he's going to say. You know, like, I don't know. Nobody's just that interested in or and they can't really join in on it either. Yeah, I agree. Ends with uh, them singing happy birthday to The Rock, even though The Rock explains that his birthday is on May 2nd. But, but Mick says, every day I got to spend with you feels like somebody's birthday. Then <clears throat> Triple H shows up with a sledgehammer mess what a mess um and then but then we do get that that very funny several seconds on gtv where val venus reaches into a trash can pulls out mr rocco and stuffs it down his pants and walks away and that sets up smackdown on september 30th mankind calls val venus down to the ring uh and then there's a way to write this good and 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 there's a way for this to be funny and it's called just called don't do gay panic because yes. because him just being kind of confused about what Mick is asking for can be very funny and Mick Foley's delivery of it is very good but just the way that it veers is gross and bad and dumb yeah they had it i think they had it okay uh Initially, and then it just went worse and worse and worse and worse. Uh, especially when Balvinus had to kind of like react to it and be like, "Listen, uh, uh, I don't swing that way." And like, "Ah, oh, enough." Mick is saying, like, first of all, you're a porn star. Just be like, okay, I guess I'll do this." <laughs> gay for you know he was gay for pay. Yes, a hundred percent. But he's Mick is doing the, I know what you have in your pants and I want it. I know what you have in your pants and I need it. Whip it out and give it to me. Put it in my hand. Yeah. It's long. It's, it's long white. It has a big, beautiful head. I mean, that's funny. Yes. I like, yeah, I thought that was all funny. Um, But I, I have to be honest, the funniest thing for me and the funniest thing in any of these segments is so after this, Mankind goes back to the stage, tells Rock he knows that Mr. Rock that Val Venus has Mr. Rocco, and the Rock goes, "Who the hell is Val Venus?" Yes, yes. so <laughs> funny, so perfectly timed, and just a great character beat. Why the hell would Rock care about any mid Carter? He doesn't need to know who Val Venus is. All he cares about is who he's going to face, and he only face main eventers. Yep, I love it. But but why does he care about Rocco? Like why does he care about this sock with his face? He's like, "Well, how how could you let him get that?" Like why? He oh. didn't even care about it when it was first presented. Oh, see, I read read all of this as like oh, yeah, well, yeah, go find Mr. Rocco, whatever kind of like errand he could put mankind on to get him away from him. Because hmm, I mean, I think the assumption is that Rock threw Rocco in the trash. And that's how um, Val Venus found it. Yes, correct. Rock doesn't care about all the things that um, Mick did for him. 
And so all he's doing is just sending him away. Because later on, Mick is like, oh, I lost the jacket. And Rock is like, oh, okay, I'll just wear my Versace shirt. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to find the jacket. All right, maybe that's it. I don't know. Uh, maybe then in his delivery, I, I, it would have been easier for me to buy it if he kind of sold it a little bit more as, yeah, why don't you go get that sock, uh-huh. you know? Yeah, I get it. Because he, 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 he has – he's still got the same, like, the same – energy level where he's just like i'm angry at you Hmm. like what are you doing so but it turned out bubba ray dudley had the jacket and then they attack and then val enters and now mankind gets the jacket um but now we have we have now the dudleys we have stevie richards we have val venus all interacting with these former world champions and i do think considering the star power of the time that's pretty cool that this was at least I mean, granted, the writing wasn't great. Do I think they use everybody here particularly well? No. Uh, but it was nice to see this. It's sort of like when we got to see, like, R-Truth interact with Brock Lesnar at one point. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, yeah. I'm here. I'd see this. Yeah, but yeah. it's kind of cool that this is uh, not being – because you, you get used to seeing the same people together so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like uh... – all of this was very strange to me, obviously, because as you said, it's it's like mid Carters versus these like stars. Um, I did get upset at the way that they were being really mean to Mick. Like I hated that they tore that jacket apart. Good heel work. You know what that sounds like? Good heat. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good heat. Yeah, that's like when uh, they tore up Chris Jericho's eight thousand dollar jacket. Was it? <laughs> $15,000? Chris Jericho's $18,000 MAGA hat. Sorry. Oops. <laughs> Oof. Dark. Sorry. Dark. I don't want to go there. Happier times. Bobby, you just made the list. <laughs> actually, uh, the list is the voter rolls. I was like, actually, we're not going to get a dump of the list for another few hours, so... <laughs> uh, so then we go to Raw on October 4th. Um, Mankind is having a heart-to-heart with The Rock... Well, The Rock is on the phone at the same time. He was also talking with the uh, the stars of G versus E, <laughs> uh, which he was recently on. And I looked up the show, and it has a pretty good rating. It has a higher rating than I would give a USA show, to be very honest. What do you mean by a higher rating? Like, Nielsen uh, ratings. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, like, if you, like, uh, they do Rotten Tomato ratings or, okay. or IMDb ratings of, of stuff when you, like, w- when you Google it now, even if those those things didn't come out at the time. And, like, it seems like people really like G versus E. And I looked up the Wikipedia article on it. Uh, and I was like, I don't know. Maybe this is a good show. Maybe I should try to check it out. But, but you have all this Dick Van Dyke to finish first. <laughs> Look, I, once I finish Dick Van Dyke, then I finish Mary Tyler Moore, then I watch Taxi, G versus E, coming right up. I'm just confused about one thing, Eric. What do you mean it's not for a podcast? <laughs> so why would you – so why are you watching it? <laughs> I just assume – If you watch it and you don't talk about it on a mic, did it really happen? Yeah, I just assume that since I never saw the Dick Van Dyke show and you're watching all of it, the next thing we would do is we would just do that. <laughs> Oh shit! Have I not been? Have I spent my whole life not watching Dick Van Dyke now for nothing? Also, I mean, look, I have I'm, 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 I, 
Uh, yeah, I know. You you mentioned the Ottoman. I knew. Yeah, yeah. You, not you, every you episode. At least saw the ever, yeah, yeah. I can't. I don't know if I can like recall episodes. The same way, if, like I've seen I Love Lucy. You know what I mean? Like I've I've seen a bunch of it, but certainly not in order while it was airing. But uh, did I catch? Tons well, of how do you how do how do you let them develop anything? <laughs> well, we can never. We had to find someone who was alive then, so they can be the the historian. <laughs> that... Right. Nobody is alive. <laughs> right. Uh. Grandpa, what were you and what were you doing back then? Uh, I was fighting the Krauts. Grandpa, it was 1956. What were you doing fighting the Krauts? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, someone had to take them out. They, they were, they'd gotten complacent. They were coming into our neighborhood, and oh my god, are you, are you Grand Torinoing? <laughs> so anyway, G versus E. I really want to check it out, uh, but go on uh, with your. Mankind talking to Jericho. Uh, he's also talking about his book, right? Is that later? No, that's later on. Yeah, it's later. This is when, because uh, the previous week, Val Venus did what the testicular claw, which is like a mandible claw, except instead of your mandible, you could figure it out. But uh, and for someone so- who is who is uh, who was swimming in gay panic earlier in the episode, had no problem <laughs> reaching down there later on. Who was like, hold on, you want to grab my world-famous penis? It's like, <laughs> that, what? Are, how very dare you? But later that night, I will grab your entirely unfamous penis. Uh, okay, so then... Um, so the crux of, of Mankind's conversation with The Rock is that there are so many people out there that need my help, and, and like you're almost there, kids. So I think we need to to rest this thing that we're doing, which again is very funny. Yeah. So then he talks with the stars of the hit USA show G versus E. He gets his makeup done, and then I don't even know what the the characters were doing from G versus E in the ring other than just being the people from G versus E. Well, you have to understand it's about uh like I guess in the afterlife there's a corporation of good and like they are uh they're part of a department and they fight um the they fight a, a couple different evil um uh, sects, I don't know. Uh I think it takes place in the afterlife. I think people are dead for this. I don't remember. All right. But anyway, Undertaker also doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> um, Mick says he uh, uh, apolo- apologizes for losing the jacket and breaking up the Rock and Sock connection. Rock says, "I never wanted," and he goes, "I know you never wanted to break up the Rock and Sock connection." So Mick is going <laughs> to rededicate himself. To the team, and you can see Rock just giving give a, a damn right to the camera. From now on, Mick only wants to be known as one half of the Rock and Sock connection, not the hardcore guy, uh, not the former world champion. And then we get even more gay panic. Although it led to a Body Donna's reference where. I did not realize that Tom Pritchard was zipped from the Body Donnas until Indeed. this moment. Indeed, he was. One of the few cases where you look back and you're like, actually, your like wrestler gimmick was like a better look for you overall in real life. 
Like, you should just dress like Zip in real life. Even the outfit would still be better, I think, than showing up as this, like, weird, uh... I don't know, sort of like if it's you a, put... It's a Liam Gallagher, I would say. It's like Liam Gallagher, old Paul McCartney, and uh, you put them in a blender? No? Just me? Okay. I, no, no, I think... <laughs> yeah, it, I yeah. Think no, I'm looking make, them up now. I think that's how you make Noel Gallagher. There's another piece missing. I'm trying to think of who it is, the celebrity it is. is it, it reminds me of that Dick Van Dyke episode where he takes a mop <laughs> and he puts it on his head. Ugh. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I was going to skip ahead, and then I slowed down. So this is... Well, I, I want to say... What, what were you going to say? Uh, were you going to talk about the R-words or, or about Jericho's... Well, uh... I was going to say, just when I was like, man, this is really going long, then Jericho shows up, and then it really goes long. Okay, but the best part about this is when the Rock goes to Jericho, you were down south fighting someone named Hooventude, which I thought was... Yes. <laughs> okay, it's like kind of probably not... I guess, is it a little racist? Is that a little racist? Or is that just, like, how would... I mean, it's definitely, like, like, uh... it's definitely because he has a name that is not like names that you normally hear. Like Chris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or Dwayne. Yeah, names you can set your watch by. It's a, it's a, yeah. Well, also, I think there's a lyricalness to saying, and you were finding some guy, like, Hooventude. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like, like, who's a what's it? Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, uh, I, there's there is a, a bit of the whole like, like what is this WCW bullshit? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, totally. So I'm I, I I I was sort of on board with it. I get what. Yeah. I think I think there's definitely a little a little uh, bit of racism peppered in there. But boy, that that was a good that because you know what it is comedy? It's the specificity. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why that 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 was a good uh reference there, I thought. By the way, at some point Jericho says to The Rock, "I think you would be perfect as the woman in a male-male relationship." Yeah. And I was like I was like, first of all, we know he's a rock bottom, okay? Oh. <laughs> like <laughs> That's right in the name. And if we don't seem that excited, it's because the uh, October 7th episode of SmackDown didn't really give us a whole lot. It's going back to the whole, okay, I'm going to fight the guy that you're feuding with, and you're going to fight the guy that I'm feuding with. Um, so- and in this, in this case, it's The Rock feuding with British Bulldog, and uh, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, what, they don't. You're telling me that they don't have a uh, an all out classic at No Mercy. Well, I guess. Um, by the way, we there was one part that we skipped over in in October fourth. It's not a big deal, but uh, did you guys notice that like it seemed like like a fan ran into the ring and Mick took that fucking guy out? No, oh, I missed that. I missed it too. They were. They, so there's a point where you see Mick's got a guy in like a, a full Nelson. And they they're going very long on uh, on Jericho's face, and you can hear the whole crowd kind of like cheer, like definitely not talking, not cheering at at Jericho. I'm pretty sure some guy ran into there uh, because they were doing a, a lot of work with the camera to keep 
uh, Mick out of frame. And Mick probably didn't miss a beat. That's probably when he called Versace Versace, which was also Ugh. very funny to me. I ah, thought, was yeah. it Jericho that it said Versace first, though? Or was it was Mick? It? Uh, I thought it was I Jericho. Know. I just got it in my notes and I didn't have who, so I just assumed though, it was Mick, but... You guys, I know you're straight, but you would know that reference, right? No. Oh, Versace? You mean, from, is it from... Well, go on. Come on. You got it. Come on. Well, I was going to say Paris is burning, no. but no, right? Showgirls. Showgirls. Oh, yeah. Versace is, is famously from Showgirls. And anytime you hear a homosexual say it, they're referring to the movie Showgirls, where Nomi Malone, who's from where? Different places. Another reference you don't get. But she literally, like, very earnestly is outside of Versace being like, oh, Versace. Like, just so, it's so good. It's so good. Please watch Showgirls. Come on. Yeah, it's been, oh, it's, it's been on it's our list. We were very close to watching it this entire summer, and it just never happened. It's very good. Also very bad. Also prepare yourself because it's also like brutally violent at points. That, uh, oh. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it's a movie that, like, I think I, I'm still not sure if people, you know, say, you know, think that it's a satire or not, you know? Because, oh, I mean, yeah. like, it's Paul Verhoeven. So I would assume, it, you know, I think it's safe to say. But, like, you know, back when I first watched it, I was like, oh, this is just a, a really dumb, bad movie. But, you know. You have to you have to do a little bit more digging with that guy. Well, the performance of Elizabeth Berkeley, one Jesse Spano, is yes. not to be uh, missed. Yeah, I think he purposely did a sex scene in the least sexy way. Like I think I think that was like that was on purpose. But that's definitely I I I am I would bet money that either Jericho or Mick Foley would be purposely referencing Showgirls. Less interesting than that. Mm-hmm. Val Venus versus The Rock for most of that match. Um, oh, boy. I thought it was a long. good... It was solid. It's fine. It's solid. It, when I, this far into the homework, though, I, I get a little cranky. And yeah. Yeah. Just need to, to, to press pause and, and pick up the rest later on. And this was right around the point where, where I was hitting my breaking point. Yeah, I actually fell asleep the first time, and I went back and rewatched it because I thought it would be important. <laughs> Something, is, and then and then Aaron was like, "You guys can just skip this if you want." I was like, "Fuck!" Well, I watched it Why too. Why did I do this? I actually, I think Val Venus is a pretty good is is a good wrestler. Like, I think actually he's pretty good. Had he had a more serious gimmick, he probably could have had an even bigger career. Or you might say that he would have made the impression because the career the gimmick was so attention grabbing. So who mm-hmm. can say? But um, I do think he's solid in the ring. And if he's in there with the right person, he can definitely pass the time well. Yeah. That's what, that's what people want out of a good partner. Just somebody to pass the time well with. <laughs> um, by, by the way, this is about the time where I started thinking about something. You know, I, I sometimes go down these like roads in my brain while I'm watching wrestling. And I was like, I know. Uh, so I noticed how when The Rock comes into the ring, uh, he'll or like you know I guess either when he wins or even before he wins, uh, you know during the entrance or, or or afterwards he'll do that thing where he kind of like he's he's he looks like he's like smelling the air, mm-hmm. you know like he mm-hmm. like lifts his his, and I was like you know Hulk Hogan used to like bring his hand up to his ear right, mm-hmm. so I feel like this implies that we need three more supernova superstars. To represent the other three senses, so somebody who like I don't like, know 
somebody puts his, his his hand over his eye like he's creating a visor and gazes out that kind of thing exactly yeah you need somebody who just looks really hard at things and someone who tastes how do you just how do you represent how do you represent touch does he just like jazz hands does he just, spirit does fingers he just come to the ring and just like rubs rub oh that might be gold dust yeah, you know, like I look, uh that's that's for people to interpret. It's it's the, you know, they laid the pattern down. I don't know how to fill it out. I'm not the wrestling artist. Well, Johnny Gargano does the look out into the crowd visor fingers and then Goldust does the touch and then someone there's a definitely one of the divas. I want to say it was Tori Wilson who used to blow kisses. And I feel like that when their powers combine, they make there's a Captain Planet wrestler that happens. <laughs> when their powers combine, they're just a body with the mm. senses. Or um or Brock Lesnar comes out and just turns purple, which like, you know, you can see literally every place on his body that he's been touched by the other wrestlers, so maybe that's it. Their powers combine, they just become an Ed Hardy shirt. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Uh, Goldberg does everything for the fallen police officers, which is touching. Oh boy! Oh. <laughs> what the hell? The fucking guy. <laughs> and having read Jericho's books, who now also is sort of a piece of shit, uh, but boy, does it make me be like, "Wow, Bull- Goldberg sucks." Yeah, word. He's coming back soon too, isn't he? Oh, I have a feeling. I saw him by the Pepsi machine. <laughs> Was he getting a Coke from the Pepsi machine? Yeah, it, he was getting a Coke. Uh, Interesting. You know, and I, his, like, the shorts, were they red? Okay. <laughs> uh, just one more question, ma'am. Is it how many times are we going to run back to the one episode of Nitro that we watched? <laughs> That's it. That's Look, it. That's if Goldberg's going to come up, we don't have a lot of frame of reference. <laughs> Gilberg, uh, I have a ton on. Mankind runs in, hits the rock with a chair by accident, uh, goes for the mandible claw on Val, rock, rock bottoms Mick, then rock bottoms Val, and Mick takes the jacket off. Taking us to Raw on October 11th, Mick had just been on his his star turn on G versus E, but Mick wants an answer from the rock. They put up or shut up moment, and there's a Pen of bulldogs as well, full of poop. Sure. Oh, man. Val and Bulldog attack Mankind backstage. Um, and Mankind is, is looking for something from The Rock. And The Rock says he wipes his ass with how Mankind feels, which is probably not a very uh, sanitary way to wipe your ass, but whatever. I think this is the the point where it's just like, Mankind, he's just not that into you. Mm. Like, well, this, this is a this is a toxic relationship. It's kind of like in the Unforgiven. I think it was the episode where we talked about um, Val Venus and Steve Blackman sort of having that Val's tools of the trade is a perfect metaphor because the match was a bag of dicks. Well, <laughs> here huh. I think this is uh, also like an appropriate use of props because this turn in the story is a pile of shit. Dog shit. Yep, total dog shit. Real fake, real fake dog shit, right? I guess it definitely was like something gross, though. I was like, well, even though I know that's not dog shit, it is something disgusting. That I believe. You don't think it was fudge? I think fudge. <laughs> oh, was it a no bake cookie? <laughs> it was viscerous no bake cookies. <laughs> uh, we, should we run through this one quickly then? 
I mean, all you got to yeah. know is that the mankind takes all the poop, scoops it onto a little bit of a platter. Later in the night, there's a match. The Rock Rock bottoms the British Bulldog into a pile of shit, allegedly. We did get some good WCW trash talking. Uh, some more stuff about how, I don't know, I forget what he said exactly. Was it, because uh, like, weren't they down in Atlanta? Rocklanta? They were at the Georgia Dome. Oh, wait, no, no, it, it, wait, it definitely was poop, because Earl Hebner grabbed his nose when it came out. Oh, in that case. <laughs> Never mind. And then The Rock won't do the people's elbow because of the poop. Anyway. Also, um, the commentary literally is just screaming, dog poop, dog poop, onto the dog poop, dog poop, dog poop, 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 dog poop, dog poop, they, they, they just kept saying, he's in the dog poop, the dog poop, the dog poop. <laughs> it is truly, what, what a fucking idiotic thing. That, and like, I'm sorry. That is strictly Vince McMahon in their ears being like, damn it, say dog poop, poop, say it, poop. Wild. Mm. Terrible. So dumb. Hated it so much. This was so idiotic. Um, but then I turned off the WWE Network and I, I I talked with my loved ones. I ate a sandwich and then I was able to come back for these last few a little bit more refreshed. And I really love the start to the October 14th episode of SmackDown where Vince and Stephanie are looking over documents or something. And Mick Foley walks in and he gets the SNL cold open energy from the crowd. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh that's, the, that's the famous person that we like. <laughs> Hold on, is this not going to be a whole segment about reviewing documents? <laughs> someone's, in it, the, it, someone's in the audience going, but I wanted the documents. <laughs> uh, and then Mick is looking to be repaid for the favor that he did to Vince. And Vince's like, what, what favor? He's like, oh, the other day you told me to leave you the hell alone right now, and I did it. That's pretty funny. I liked it. That was good character work. And then he says, we got to do the rock and sock one more time. Look, it's Birmingham, as if that means something. Oh, my God. And this is where he says it's rock and sock country. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just perfect old like wrestler bullshit talk. So funny. I love. Also, I think I, I have a note here that's like, Mick looks handsome in here. Like, mm. I think he looks handsome. He looked good here. Yeah. Yeah, there have been a couple of times where there was one moment where he had his mask, like, on top of his head. And it's like, yeah, man, yeah. There's, there's a handsome dude there. So, yeah. So, Mick goes, goes to The Rock. He's really excited um, to tell him that The Rock and Sock Connection back together for one last time. And The Rock uh, the Rock is like, yes, as long as it is the last time it'll happen. LOL. Okay, so we got the New Age Outlaws versus the Rock and Sock Connection. Mick is so excited. Uh, hey, hey, my, my, Rock and Sock will never die. So Mick is apparently a, uh, a Neil Young fan, just like the rest of us. I thought that this was, again, another really good TV match for most of it until like some of the bullshit at the end. Yeah, I think we all knew that this was going to be end with them back together Mm-hmm. win the titles back like that was sort of the, the telegraphed mm-hmm. um but it was fun and it was like a, a fun situation it definitely having like what's gonna where are they gonna go next with this and that now what now they're stuck back together well uh, and then crash holly comes in with according to commentary a club or something 
which is uh, a baseball bat, was what that was. Yeah, in the world of wrestling, everything has a different like uh, objects have different names. But I think it's it's weird. It like Rock and Sock shouldn't need the Holly's help to win. Yeah, to beat the New like, Age it, Outlaws. Yeah, and Rock is so mad that they're the champions at the end. And that excitement lasts on to uh, Raw on October eighteenth. Mankind is still excited. Um, and then The Rock presents... I'm sorry, let me take that again. And then Mankind presents The Rock with a copy of his book, Mick Foley, Have a Nice Day. And The Rock immediately just wants to know where The Rock is in the book. So later in the episode, Al Snow is making his way down to the hallway, looking in trash cans, as I'm sure Al Snow often does for whatever his next gimmick is going to be, and says, Who threw this away? picks up the copy of the book from there. And as he explains it to Mick, the real actor of Mick Foley came out. And the pathos of the scene is, I think, a, a true thing. And seeing mankind, um, seeing Mick Foley, this, this vulnerable, this one who, who has throughout this entire, um, this entire storyline been shat upon, and always had a smile on his face as it's happening, this was the bridge too far. I liked Al Snow's part in all this too. I love like that their I love their friendship. Mm-hmm. Um I love yeah. their energy together when they're on screen. They have great on screen chemistry. I thought Al selling this sincerely worked really well. I think even the way that he would like be like, it's your life's treasure. Like it was mm-hmm. such a like it was perfect. It was just like it, I think it helped like you said, like kind of add the stakes and the weight and like the gravitas to this sort of silly comical bit. Yeah. Um, the rock doesn't know what Mick is talking about as he comes in. Um, Mick says, it's not my book. It's my life here. I gave you my life. I give you everything and you just keep on taking. I would have. So like, was, was there, was there no, like, was there, was this not some sort of, um, you know, confusion or is it just the rocks? Like, ah, yeah, I threw your book out. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, is no, that... no, there, there, there's shenanigans about, and it, it's going to come up later um, in, in a later episode, exactly who it was and, and, and the reasons why, and the reasons are actually kind of funny. Um, but yeah, but just for, for this moment that it ends, um, there's one more match, the Holly Cousins versus the Rock and Sock Connection, and Mick is just dejected as hell the entire time. He doesn't he doesn't get into the match. I really at one point I was like I was like, okay, but Mick's gonna finally join the match. He doesn't join the whole match. Mm-mm. And even so, it looks like there's there's some moments where the Rock is gonna be able to uh to fight off the the super heavyweights as they're calling themselves. The Holly Cousins, but... So funny. Which almost is a direct response, Eric, to your point earlier about The Undertaker and Big Show being, like, billed at a bazillion pounds. Ridiculous. Here's Hardcore Holly literally making fun of that. It being like, yeah, yeah. bill me at 400 pounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm Bob Holly or whatever. I think yeah, that's... That, right, because they were, they were also billed at, like, 700 or whatever yeah. pounds. Yeah, and that's why they were carrying a scale with them wherever they go. They're the super heavyweights. Like, it's very... <laughs> I really liked... I think they're really... The Holly stuff, I think, is really funny here. Not, yeah. I mean, really funny is a stretch, but I think I like that that twist in their character. 
I like them. I like the stable, and it should be expanding kind of soon, right? Gotta be. I can't. I don't remember exactly all. Like I said, as I've often said, this podcast, like the actual like spans of time are so off for me because I was a child, and also we're watching it two times speed, and so I don't know. (laughs) I guess soon, sure. But either way, a rock bottom gives way to a pedigree, and the Hollies are the new tag team champions. And Mick walks off as though the music from the Incredible Hulk TV show is playing in the background. And now these two guys are are freed up to go and back to their singles pursuits, but um, definitely some bright spots along the way. It's beloved. I mean, it certainly is. We've gone back to this well several many times. In some ways, directly referencing it, the boss and hug connection uh, most recently following very similar beats to this in a lot of ways with Sasha and Bailey. Bailey, This Is Your Life was directly, which is uh, considered one of the, if not the worst Raw segment of all time. Uh, Oh, so they really really followed it uh, (laughs) note for note. Oh, yeah. Well, this was, I mean, like even... There are people who love uh, The Rock, This Is Your Life, like that are into that kind of humor or into that whole bit. Uh, But this was not uh, Bailey, This Is Your Life. No one liked. I've never met a single person who was like, oh, no, actually, Bailey, This Is Your Life is kind of good. Yeah, everybody hated it. It's it's universally reviled. Hmm. It feels like uh, I hate going off on such a downer like that. Well, what we still have here, though, is, you know, wrestling will always love is wrestling is always at the end of the day, a freak show. Uh, We're always going to love unlikely pairs, unlikely animal friends, if you will, with these guys. (laughs) We're going to like to see them pair up when they shouldn't. And when look at this bird who rides on this turtle. Exactly. Literally that. Uh, That's basically we're we're always going to get more of it. I think this is probably the best of it, even though it was, Mm -hmm. you know, a little indulgent. Uh, a little, the uh, things ran on a little too long in a lot of these segments, but you're not going to get better than the Rock and Mankind in a in a promo period. And and again, when watching this back in in my youth, when I was watching two of these segments a week with a whole bunch of other stuff and not having yeah. it just Clockwork Orange jam into my eye holes, I loved this. Yeah, listeners, let us tell you, I we do not recommend. Um, reliving this saga in one four hour and 45 minute chunk because <laughs> uh, it it might make you hate wrestling <laughs> uh, and hate us too but in the meantime love us disagree want to relive the saga in merely half the time <laughs> uh, want to um bring our gym teacher back to uh for us to talk to let us know email us at helenacellphone at gmail.com get updates on facebook or twitter at Pod, or tweet at us individually eric at prime silver bobby at bobby hank and aaron at slow pass our theme song is there are traitors in our midst by disco vietnam and our artist by alexis yavney find links for both in our episode notes please rate and review us on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts We'll be back again next week for Rebellion 1999.